What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Yard Podcast. I'm your host, Randy. And I'm your host, Konu. And we're excited to be back for another episode. Uh, first things first, I just want, well, not even, I know I'm speaking for uh, Koni, Konu here as well, but we just want to let you guys know we appreciate everyone who has listened, left the review. Um, if you guys could subscribe or follow the podcast, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, hitting that subscribe button helps us a lot. Um, and if you could leave a review, we would appreciate it. But we just want to say thank you to you guys. And yeah, that was really all I wanted to say there. But um, I don't know if you had anything to say before we get started, but I'm ready to go if you are. Um, yeah, just before we get started, like always, follow us on social media. Of course, follow the Dodger Yard account at Dodger Yard on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And my personal Instagram and Twitter is Michael Konu, M-Y-K-A-L-K-O-N-U. And mine is Randy underscore Radcliffe, and that is on Instagram and Twitter. So other than that, we're ready to go. We don't really have much Dodger news for you guys today. Uh, just very, very quick things. So do you want to take care of those really quickly, Konu? Yeah, okay. So first in Dodger news, uh, it came out a few days ago that Gavin Newsom announced that uh, California sports could return the first week of June. Um, so I think that lines up with what MLB's plans are for the season and it's, it's risky, but if the players are okay and willing to do this and the employees have also agreed to it, then it's out of my hands and all I can do is hope for the best and hope that the plans and protocols that are in place are enough to get through uh, without incident. Yeah, pretty much. And then, uh, also Bill Plunkett had asked Dan Caspian on employees being furloughed by like other teams and Stan Costin said, I don't have anything on that subject. We are obviously considering what the plan is for June 1st and on. Now I've said this, I've said this plenty of times, uh, so I don't have much to add to the subject, but uh, the Dodgers should hundred percent commit to paying employees for the rest of the year. Absolutely. No reason for them not to. Um, I know very few teams have committed to that. I really hope we hear from the Dodgers soon, but Sounds like most of MLB will be furloughing their teams, or their sorry, not their teams, their employees. Which, yeah, is super unfortunate. Um, at least they these people will still have their benefits, which is good. But it's no pay is not good. Um, so we'll see. As soon as we hear more on that, we will let you guys know. But now we can jump into the MLB news. We've got a lot of it. Um, last week. The MLB gave their proposal to the players union and it was pretty much touching just on the safety protocols and the health procedures that would be put in place for a season to return. And then on Saturday, Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich for the athletic put together basically an article touching on everything that was brought up. So I have gone through it, read the entire thing, and I took out basically all the main stuff. I didn't put everything in here because there was way too much, but I put pretty much the stuff that I feel like we all wanted answers to and seemed to be top priority. Um, so we'll get into that right now. The first thing was about testing. Uh, so obviously keeping the player safe is the number one priority. And right now it would look like they'd get about 10,000 coronavirus tests per week. And that would handle uh, regular testing for players, managers, coaches, umpires, and a limited number of essential staff members that are at the field and around the players uh, consistently. They will have an in players will have an intake screening upon arriving at uh, well at spring training when they get to their complex. Every player will have to have an intake screening. Um, there will be multiple locations where this will happen and it'll happen it's it will happen at staggered times and will consist of a temperature check and the players it will also include a body fluid and blood samples so they will get tested all individuals who are tested must quarantine until they receive the results back from their tests which take about 24 to 48 hours um, clubs must maintain a dedicated testing area in its spring training complex and home stadium, as well as a dedicated isolation area where an individual who develops symptoms or learns of a positive result can isolate until they relocate. They will have free diagnostic tests and antibody testing that is available to individuals who live in the same household and health care workers or other first responders in the club's home cities as a public service. 
before entering any club facilities, individuals will get temperatures checked and they have to complete a symptom and exposure exposure questionnaire. Anyone who reports coronavirus symptoms or a temperature above 100 during a home screening will not be permitted to enter a club facility and instead must immediately self-isolate and be directed to a team physician. Individuals who test positive must self-isolate with daily communication and remote care from the club medical staff, including follow-up testing. And the last thing on here was additional precautions and accommodations will be taken for individuals identified by clubs as high risk. So that was just on the testing part that they talked about. We have a few more things I will touch on really quickly, but um, this was kind of the main thing, the biggest thing. So a lot there. There were a couple other things I didn't add, but that's basically all the main stuff and knowing that players as well as family members, um, public Everyone in the area who will be around them will be taken care of. Hopefully the same goes for uh, any airlines they go on and hotels that they stay in when they're away. Hopefully they'll be helping out with that. But that was the whole testing, everything they want there. And then this is about spring training. Teams would have 50 players each, but number of active players per game is still being negotiated. The reporting dates would be staggered with camp divided into three phases and those phases those phases would be pitchers and catchers work out only divided in, into groups of five players or less assigned at different times and in different areas of the complex. Then you would have larger groups permitted for workouts and intra-squad games and then they would have a limited number of games. So that's kind of the phase that they would have to go in to make that happen uh, to well, the reporting dates, it's not your usual. Everybody comes in on this set date. Well, I guess we do usually watch them do that, but it's a little bit different, a little bit more strict on that. Players can't be showing up early like some of the position players do. And due to heat during the spring training games in Florida and Arizona, the games will be played at 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. local time. So that's everything you need to know when it comes to spring training. And now they also, we've got facility protocols. Um... So basically everything that would take place at any stadiums or team facilities that players need to use, only limited essential personnel will be allowed in the facilities, and that includes players and other field personnel, personnel, clubhouse staff, ownership, the front office, the PR staff, and the translators, cleaning service providers, broadcast personnel, groundskeepers, transportation providers, and they can only have up to 150 at a given time. Um... And I believe that's specifically for the cleaning service providers, broadcaster, groundskeeper, and transpor transportation providers, um, as well as law enforcement, EMTs, ambulance drivers, and government officials. So they're being super strict on who they let in. As for a little other things that are changing that be a little bit different for the players and just all around, not that we know anything about this, but obviously can't really have can't have reporters in the clubhouse after games. They don't even want players showering at the stadium after games. They want them to go straight home, do it all there. Pitchers will have their own set of balls to throw during bullpen sessions. Players and personnel not participating not participating in the game have to sit in the stands separated by at least six feet and must wear masks when not on the field. Dugout phones will be disinfected after each use, and indoor batting practice is discouraged if outdoor batting practice is available. Their meals must be distributed in individual package containers or in takeout form. And the use of saunas, steam rooms, hydrotherapy pools, and cryotherapy are permitted. So that would be a lot of changes for the players, a lot of kind of their usual stuff that they use before and after games to get ready they would not have access to. Uh, you wonder how that plays into potential injuries, all that kind of stuff. But those are the facility protocols. There are a couple, well, not a couple, quite a few things on the field that would change as well. And some of the big ones that people are talking about and noticing are the high fives, uh, fist bumps, hugs, spitting, tobacco use, and chewing sunflower seeds would all be prohibited. You would no longer see Gatorade baths or Powerade baths. They would not be allowed to use those jugs anymore. Players have to come in with their own drinks or water. Um, as of now, changes to the game play itself is still pending. Um, there's no more exchanging of lineup cards. They'll also be sent through an app. Non-playing personnel must wear, wear masks at all times in dugout. 
the first and third base coaches can't approach players or umps and players on base should not socialize with the opponents and a ball will be thrown away after it is touched by multiple people or put into play and personnel who rubs the balls up with mud for the players they all have to wear gloves when they are doing that so even more stuff going on there and then the last part of it was about their travel um, they're not allowed to use ride-sharing app services like Uber, Lyft, or taxis, anything like that. When possible, teams must fly into smaller airports. The league wants airlines to assign a fixed airline crew rather than rotating them out. Players won't be officially quarantined, but members of the traveling party are not allowed to leave their hotel unless they receive advance approval. Immediate family members are the only people allowed to visit a player's room. And at teams' home cities or spring training cities, players are allowed to stay where they'd like as long as they take the special precautions and safety measures to keep everybody safe. So that's really everything going on. That was a part of the protocol to begin. Yeah, it is a lot. And that wasn't even all of it. Um, I don't want to say that wasn't half. That was probably like maybe 70, 80% of everything that was on there. Um, but yeah, that's a a lot going on a lot is going to change especially when it comes to players not being able to eat sunflower seeds no more high fives no more Gatorade baths if players hit walk-offs there's just there's so much changing um one thing I did want to mention was MLB plans to develop a coronavirus education program that all players employees and umpires will have to complete before returning to work so they are taking that measure as well um but yeah it's 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 a lot um, I, I don't really know if it's all going to fly. We don't know yet what the players have discussed. We don't know how they feel about a lot of these things. Um, I, I don't know. Have you thought much about any of this? Cause I mean, we knew it was a lot, but this almost feels like it's just overkill. It's just so much. Like, I don't even, how do you even force the players to like how are you going to tell people to not spit when they've been doing that their whole career or to not chew sunflower seeds when that's part of their actual routine and everything they do it's just it's wild to me how much there is look i get they're trying to be safety precautious with everything but the the no fist bumps seems a little too much they'll be wearing they're wearing batting gloves most players do wear batting gloves, so a little fist bump I don't think would hurt anybody. Um, also, a big point for me is not being able to have the ice baths or the hot uh, uh, jet things because that gets the players' bodies ready, relaxes them, and gets them ready for the next day. So that's that's huge. Oh, yeah. And that's like what I'm worried about when it comes to um, injuries. Like their bodies are so used to a certain routine that how do you all of a sudden stop this especially when it comes to veteran players who've been around for a really long time like their bodies need certain stuff they need that extra care kind it's guys who have gone through surgery need that extra kind of I don't know I I it's yeah, so for players like Turner who's yeah, older like, seems to be hurt Pollock who's older <laughs> always hurt like they need their body to be in pristine condition for them to to play so this is going to be a big deal for them yeah and a lot of people might think well why can't they I mean nobody else like all this stuff is new players didn't always have this and yes that's true but when players have had this their whole career and their bodies are set to kind of well first of all routine we all know how baseball players are about routine but when their body is used to certain mechanics and the way it heals and recovers to take all of that away I just, it worries me um, when it comes down to it, like I've said, and you've agreed at this part was I just, it all comes down to the players being okay with it. Um, I, like you said, I completely understand the no fist bump things. However, I worry about how much chemistry all of this will take away. And if the players are going to suffer because of this, um, obviously you don't want people hugging high fives I even get a little bit more because the your hand you literally use to do everything with but like I feel like if they want a fist bump or like do the whole elbow thing or whatever that they want like stuff like that 
maybe like if they're getting tested before every single game multiple times a day I could see them being okay with that like whatever the case may be I just I don't want to see I don't want to see a worse product on the field just so that way we can have baseball and that's what concerns me with a lot of this with the whole players can't be near each other which I get it's a safety thing it totally matters I just I don't know after reading as much as there was to this I just worry like are these guys going to become robots who literally just go out there and don't smile or like it's just are they even going to enjoy it because they don't know what this will be like like they'll tell you yes I want to get out there and then like who knows how it'll affect them mentally emotionally whatever you know I don't know it's a lot so I just had a thought and you had brought up that players nowadays have it, I guess, quote unquote, better than older players do because they have all these advanced techniques and, and things. But players back in the days, they were on some stuff to help their bodies. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Temporarily helping their bodies in the long term. It wasn't doing them any good. But yeah, no, it's it's a lot. Um, I was glad to see there was so much information when it came to testing because that is the biggest thing right now. But it's still at the end of the day, they can't promise these players anything. And that's what makes it so concerning is it. It doesn't matter even if you pay them their entire cert- their entire salary. They they can't guarantee them anything, and that's the biggest worry of all of it. Let alone they're not as of now getting all the money they deserve if they were to go out there. So I don't know. Did you hear about Blake Snell's whole rant on Twitch? I did. I was watching it actually when it happened, and uh, I actually texted you about it right after it had happened. Yeah, and um. I agree with him. They are putting their lives at risk. Yeah. So, and if they had already agreed to that prorated deal for the LB to try to cut it some more, just seems it's, it's wrong. In my opinion, just pay the players. You can afford to take a financial hit. You're billionaires. Yeah. And I agree. And since you mentioned it, John Heyman actually had tweeted out today Uh, that they have, I guess, made another proposal to the players and gave them two options when it came to the finances. Because obviously the whole argument was MLB, they were set on believing that the prorated pay for the players would be only if fans showed up and were at the stadium. They are saying this was never what we agreed to if fans did not come to games, which we are currently at right now. The players are obviously disagreeing and saying that's not the case. Uh, They want to continue pushing for the prorate amount, which I agree they should continue doing. But apparently, as of today, John Heyman tweeted out that MLB gave the union two options. Uh, The first option was negotiate a new financial arrangement other than the prorated pay. The second one was, it almost kind of seemed like a really dick move by MLB to even say this because basically it's number like it's an ultimatum like there would they did not give them two options yeah that's what they did they said negotiate a new financial arrangement other than the prorated pay or basically f off by saying wait until the coronavirus goes away and fans can attend games like that's all they gave them was either figure something else out or wait until the coronavirus goes away and then you can have games um to to be honest this this isn't really surprising coming from the owners because their sole purpose is to keep as much money as possible. Um, like, like I said before, these are billionaires who can realistically suffer a big money loss and they'll still be okay financially. Now, I know a lot of fans are going to say players make a lot of money as well, so they should be okay. Sure, but they already had agreed to that prorated deal. And now that the owners want to cut it back some more, it I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And the most ridiculous thing to me is that MLB will probably go to the media and make it seem like the players are being unreasonable when it's really the owners who are the unreasonable ones. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's very obvious in baseball. Um, I I don't pay attention to any other sport nearly as, I mean, not even close to what I do baseball, especially not with commissioners and all that. I mean, I know Roger Goodell is terrible for the NFL. I know Adam Silver is great for the NBA. 
But I feel like you don't hear this many like issues like this between the owners and the players, but I could be wrong. But it's just football there might be, but basketball now. What about like the money side of things though, like this, where it's constantly I know I yeah, NFL owners, there's definitely a lot of problems going on over there. Um but it but feels somehow like they always find a, a path to keep playing. Yeah, because uh, because at the end of the day, they unfortunately hold the leverage because they can take that hit, whereas players can't take that hit. Um, but it's just it, it comes down to the the billionaires don't have to show their face. They aren't the ones who are going to look like they're greedy to the fa- I mean, they're going to look like they're greedy to the fans, but they don't have to ever see us. They don't have to talk to us. They don't have to acknowledge us to them. It's a business. I'm sure plenty of them have pride in owning their teams and it's something they've dreamed about since they were kids, whatever. But at the end of the day, like they became billionaires for a reason. There's a way it, they, it didn't just happen because they were only cared about making everyone else happy. So I just... I'm worried that they won't care how they look and they're going to put this on the players. And I'm really worried about how the fans are going to, if there's no season for whatever reason, I'm worried that there's only going to be a lot of fans who are just going to like hardcore go off on these players and blame them and say that they're the problem. They should have played the, we needed them. They needed to come together. Uh, they should have done this for everyone else, not been selfish, not been greedy, when really all of those words should be said to the ownership. Um, so I don't I don't know. I'm worried about that for players because I don't think it's fair that they should have to deal with. I mean, they're the ones putting their life on the lines. Um, I guarantee you these billionaires will probably show up to like maybe five games, five to ten games all season, if that. Why would they risk it when they can just watch them at home on TV? Um, so, I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. I'm tired of MLB constantly being problematic. It, they're going to continue being problematic. We don't really... What's the date today? It's uh, April. May- I mean, April. <laughs> May 19th. <laughs> May 19th. So what? <laughs> They wanted to have, like, what do we have, two weeks, 10, 10 days, 15, so, like, 17, 18 days before they kind of have to, like, players would have to start showing up to spring training or at least know, like, hey, you're going to have spring training right. in a week. So I, the fact that they haven't even gotten past this part and talked about money yet, we'll see how that goes, but... I don't know. When it comes to the money, um, Jesse Rogers from ESPN, he said that Manfred said, if there is no season, the economic losses to ownership could be $4 billion, which is a lot. Um, is that a total for every owner or each? No, just I think just ownership in general. Yeah, okay. I did. Yeah, there's I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, it was ownership in general. Um, but I mean, even then, that's not. I, I want to say it's not that much, but it it is. They can sustain it. It's not, yeah. Like, I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, that's not a lot of money. It is. But you also have to look like the revenue for the 2019 season alone was $10.7 billion. That's one season. So, like, yes, they're taking a $4 billion loss if they don't play this year. But those players made them $10.7 billion last year. Um, at the end of the day, people keep saying you can replace the players. There's always a minor leaguer who's willing to take a spot. I don't agree with that thought. I don't think it is a good idea. Um, you're going to change the game. You're going to dilute the game with players who aren't ready to play. You're not going to see the best product on the field. You're also going to show loyalty as a organization and a club that your loyalty lies with money and ownership and not doing what's best for your players and their development. So I just, this whole thing could get very messy. It already is, but it's, it's after Blake Snell and Bryce Harper. Um, I mean, you have Bryce Harper speaking out top name in baseball. Uh, Blake smell, Blake Snell has been very open about what he's had to say. So it, I don't know. It feels like it's at that tipping point that it's either going to go the way we want it to, or this could get really bad and MLB is going to look like a more of a shit show than they already do to a lot of people. You, you have brought up an interesting point about 
the minor leaguers like kind of taking over and playing instead of like the major leaguers because I had a similar thought that the owners would try to get the minor leaguers to play instead of the major leaguers. Kind of like a, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Replacements. It's a football movie uh, with um, Keanu Reeves, but it's kind of like a similar situation. They did uh, they didn't want to pay the players, so they had replacements come uh, play instead. And I I can kind of see owners kind of go that route if they wanted to, because you know the minor league players just want to play, so you know, anything could happen. Well, and not just that. You made me think of something else when you said that. Um, think about how much cheaper. Let's say uh, Josiah Gray would be over. I don't know, someone like Clayton Kershaw, Alex Wood, David Price. Um, it gets it gets a little different there. Ownership's going to go, okay, fine. You don't want to play? That's fine. I'll bring in the guy that's going to cost me 600000 And if we prorate it, now he's only 300000 And, oh, you mean the player that I was supposed to pay $30 million now doesn't, I don't have to pay anything? Like, that's a huge win in the owner's books. Um, 100%. And so... I actually didn't even think about that far until we started talking about it, but that actually worries me because the guys who are set with money may say, I don't want to play, and ownership may go, well, you know what? We've got enough young guys who want that year of service, so you know what? We're going to give it to them, and it... Yeah, I don't know. It just I feel like the more we talk about it and the more we kind of deep dive into it, the uglier it gets. <laughs> um. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I we could talk about this all day. I I have so many. I don't. I guess I don't really have questions running through my mind. I just kind of wish we knew what was going to happen because it feels like every day we keep hearing new things, but none of it's really new. It's just confirming what everybody thought. Um, and granted, I enjoy having baseball something around. But I don't know if I'm really enjoying this constant, like, not knowing what's going to happen and just kind of every day going with it. Instead of just knowing, like, I don't know. I want to say, I I just want to know now because I want to either accept it and know that I shouldn't get excited for anything baseball until the end of the season, like December when... um. That may time that time comes around when they start dealing with free agency, all of that. Or am I going to get to watch baseball this season? Like, I don't know. I just don't like the indecisiveness, which like sounds selfish. I'm not important here. So, you know, it is what it is. It's about the players. But like as a fan, I just I want to know if we have to accept our losses or if we're getting baseball. Like I just it's been such a hard, long past couple months that I feel like everybody like all the fans just want to know what's going to happen so we can stop being on this roller coaster ride of yes it sounds like it's going to go no it's not um with everything else going on in life this is just another thing that a lot of people want to use as an escape and it's being used or not it's not being used but it's instead a roller coaster ride um so I don't know. I hope they have it figured out very I, soon. I agree with you. Um, I just wanted to say one thing really fast, and that was that as much as I love baseball, this is about the players, and the players should 100% do what's best for them, and if that's not playing, then that's okay. Yep, I agree. Um, of course. I mean, I'm not going to lie there's the selfish side of me that's like give me baseball I want what I love I want to do the thing that or not I guess I don't get to go to games but I want to be able to watch the thing that I love my escape and I mean at the end of the day like this is I mean I'm doing a podcast I have a website I do all this stuff I can't really do anything without baseball like I need baseball in order to get my stuff up and going but that's like the selfish side of me the human side of me is like you know what they're human beings I don't care if they're millionaires whatever the case may be their safety and health has to come first so that's the side I lean on um it's no business no amount of money no amount of escapism is worth 
hearing about something happening to a player or a player's family member or God forbid something happening in a player's child getting sick. So it's just, yeah, you got to do what's best for the players at the end of the day. Um, MLB might take a hit either way. If they play the season, they might lose some fans because of the way the game is. Uh, if they don't play, they might lose some fans. So, you know what? If we, I'd rather lose the fans from players being safe and call it a year. But if the players can agree and the players are okay with it, then give me some baseball and let's get out there and let's get this thing going. I agree. Um, so yeah, that was basically all of that. I don't know. Well, if- there was there was one other thing I. I wanted to talk about really fast. Go for it. Um, this is kind of backtracking because it was about furloughs and like the angels are planning to announce furloughs. Uh, the Marlins, Reds and Rays have already began doing that this month. Um, so like when I saw that and then I looked at the comments, we're seeing people in the comments being super sarcastic, saying things like, I hope Blake Snell, you know, gets his money. That's all I care about. Or at least Mike Trapper, Bryce Harper, have enough money to scrape by. It's it's not on these players to pay for the employees. That responsibility belongs to the owners. It belongs to the billionaires. Uh, these players put their body and mental strength on the line every day to, to play this game that they love to entertain us fans. While billionaires, they just sit back and make billions of dollars off these players. So the fans that are on the owner's side, I, I don't understand you. And if you are on the owner's side, can you please explain to me why? You can come to my Twitter, that's fine, at Michael Konu, and we can have a discussion because I am I'm genuinely curious as to why you're on the owner's side. Yeah, I, I see a lot of it too. Um I mean I can't I can't speak for anybody, but it, to me I would think that those fans are your fans who view it as a sport and they view them as athletes and that's kind of just all they see them as. I would imagine the people that feel that way don't necessarily humanize the players. Um, And I'm not going to say that's right or wrong. I just, that's kind of what it feels like is uh, the people who don't really treat them like human beings seem to be the one on the owner's side. But you know what? To each their own. Everyone can be a fan the way they want to be. Uh, I'm just glad that we are not in charge and that <laughs> there's a lot of health professionals working on this. And hopefully whatever doctors are involved with this are not somehow, I don't want to say like getting paid off. I don't think MLB's hanging off anybody but I just I hope they're doing what's best for the players and not doing what is best for MLB and telling MLB like yeah it shouldn't be a big deal and just kind of blowing past it so we shall see um once we have more on that we'll let you guys know hopefully there will be some more information like whether or not all of this was approved and then they moved on to talking about money um because apparently there's still no former, well, I feel like maybe we knew this, uh, but there's still no formal proposal from MLB about a 50-50 revenue split, but the players, I mean, it's already been talked about publicly and the players have already said that's a no-go. It's a no-starter for them. So hopefully within the next week, we can start talking about that side of things because it means they have gotten through the first step and let's see what happens in the second one the money's going to be the hardest part so if they can make it past that we'll get baseball but got to get there first um but because we are talking about this I guess now's a time to I don't know did you see what John Heyman said was MLB's latest plan for the postseason I did um so basically what uh John Heyman was saying is that because of the threat of the second wave of coronavirus that he that the it will be one of the uh, postseason to either end as usual at the end of October or early November. Yeah, which is which initially they were thinking like Thanksgiving or even freaking mid December. Yeah, yeah postseason. So 
Now that there's lots of talks about a second wave of coronavirus, they don't want that to happen because imagine the disaster if you play the regular season games and then have to cancel postseason, especially when a lot of the money is in postseason games. And it's like, imagine putting players through that risk uh, and then they just don't even get to participate in the postseason. I know every team won't have that opportunity and teams like probably the Orioles and Royals and teams like that are probably like, you know what, that's fine. We just don't have to play at all then. But um, yeah, I can only imagine the disaster it would be if that happens. That sounds pretty bad. <laughs> but I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. There's a lot of just waiting and seeing right now. And it's not fun when it comes to baseball. I don't know why, but it's just it's very stressful. Um, there are on to something now completely different. There are some teams that have started furloughing their employees, according to Jeff Passan. We have seen the Reds, the Rays, the Marlins, and the Angels will either start furloughing their employees or they already have. Um, he said the cuts are tiered up to 20% and last through the end of the last through the end of the year. Upward of 25% of the team's employees will be furloughed and um, they expect a lot more teams to join this list. Obviously, we talked about what Stan Caston said at the beginning of the podcast. Um, so to all you employees out there, I really hope the Dodgers will take care of you. I mean, I hope that every team, your employees will take care of you. But um, since this is a Dodger podcast, I just I hope that I hope the Dodgers do what's right. Um I know a lot of those employees could be working at different jobs prior to all of this and making a lot better money. They don't make great money and they deal with a lot of BS, um, especially the ones that deal with fans every single game. So let's just, let's hope the Dodgers, let's hope the Dodgers do what's right and take care of them. Um, we did the fan question this week. This one was a little bit basic, a little easy. Um, I just picked a few names that I, saw people mention and ones that were mentioned quite a bit but the question was who was a player past or present that you wanted or want on the Dodgers and some of my favorite ones that I saw mentioned were Ken Griffey Jr., Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, and Randy Johnson. Uh, Nolan Arenado was obviously brought up a ton. Dodger fans have yeah. been talking about him for a long time, but those <laughs> were mine. I agreed. Um, I've always loved Mike Trout. I've always thought it would be great to have him as a Dodger. It would have been really cool to see uh, Griffey in some Dodger blue, but I I liked a lot of those answers. There was They were kind of all over the board. Which ones did you end up going with? So uh, the ones I liked uh... – at Chat Jose said Randy Johnson, which I thought was really good because Randy Johnson was just like a very dominant pitcher. Uh, at Ralph, not Ralphie, said Tony Gwynn. And that actually made a lot of sense to me because he's one of the best pure hitters in like baseball history. And at R. Brogy 35, chose Evan Longoria. Now, I know he sucked with the Giants, but prior to that, he was one of my favorite players. He was really good. And I, I really wanted the Dodgers to trade for him. Again, I know he hasn't been all that great with the Giants, but I feel like the Dodgers probably could have got more out of him than the Giants did. Um, also, for me personally, obviously, Ken Griffey Jr., he's my all-time favorite player. I really wanted Christian Yelich badly. Um, I was ready to part with anyone that wasn't Bellinger or Bueller for, for Christian Yelich. Didn't matter who it was, they could go because I wanted him that bad. And also uh, Ichiro, because he's also one of my favorite players. He was just so good at everything. And, like, from 2001 to either, like, 10 or 11, he had over 200 hits every season, and he was he was just great. Yeah, that, that Yelich one is a little bit of a – that one is a little bit of a dagger for me. I met him at an event at the end of 2018, and I actually, so it was right after he won MVP and I actually told him like, Hey, like, are you, are you ever going to come home? Like Dodger fans love you. We'd love to have you out in the outfield. And he actually like smiled and was like, you know what, maybe one day. And I was thinking like, cool, maybe Yelich wants to come home. Maybe once his contract is done, he won't stay 
with the Brewers, whatever happens, maybe he'll end up here. So that one kind of sucked for me when he signed that because I was like, oh, okay, you were probably just telling me what I wanted to hear. But I thought like maybe you really did want to come back home, but I guess not. So <laughs> that one sucks. But yeah, I, I mean, liked. There's a possibility that he did, but at the end of the day, players can't really turn down that guaranteed years and money just in case something happens. Yeah, that's like, true. I don't blame him. Thing, They'll still get that money. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't. I don't blame him. Um, it he seems to enjoy it there, and you know what? They have the rest of their lives to live at home and do whatever they want, and he gets to play in in Dodger Stadium as a Brewer every year. So good for him. He got his money. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I like I like doing the fan questions. This one was a little bit of last minute, which was my fault, so we didn't get to get too deep into it, but. I like the fan interaction on these things and I like hearing what fans have to say because um, I obviously only have my opinion on a lot of things and then I like other fans will bring stuff up like players like this or whatever the case may be and you start to kind of think like even more outside the box. So I've had a lot of fun with that. Um, I'll have to come up with another one because I don't think... We're not at the mailbox yet. That's not next week. I think it's the following week we're doing a mailbox, right? Yeah. Okay. Which is good because by then we should have an answer on what's going on in two more weeks and we'll have plenty to ask. Um, but that's basically it. it. As always, I have my kind of just positive podcast moment we do at the end just to talk about all the great things going on. I'm sure that I missed quite a bit, but this week... Um, I did see a couple things on Mookie Betts. He donated personal protective equipment to the TriStar Centennial Hospital in Nashville, Tennessee, which is his hometown. And he also surprised shoppers at a grocery store in Tennessee by buying their groceries. And he um, also bought the staff's pizza who were all working at the grocery store. So good guy, Mookie Betts, doing what he always does. Um, we heard about him doing a lot of that kind of stuff when he was in Boston. He just he was always very quiet about it, never wanted the media to know. But when you're that big of a player, they find out where you are and they follow you. And to be honest, I'm glad they do, because it's right now seeing stuff like that. It's it's what we need. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice to see that there are people out there helping, especially the people who can afford to help. Um, so, yeah, but that you was remember at the end of a World Series game when he bought was it pizza to uh, the homeless? Yeah, he. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I, he, he did bring food to the homeless after a game. I think it was right. like one a.m. or something. I just don't remember what the food was. I almost want to say he took a bunch of leftovers from whatever was at the right. stadium. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, and he just at one a.m. didn't tell anyone he was doing it. Of course, people found out. But uh, yeah, he's he's a great guy. I am really, really hoping. Maybe for once as a Dodger fan, things can work out for us. And he ends up being a, a Dodger for a very long time because, you know what, that is really going to be a bummer. If it, I at least we need one season out of him. We, they, we I really can't think that we made those trade the trades for uh, two. Well, one one pretty good prospect. And then, of course, an everyday player in Verdugo. Um, so. We'll see what happens there, but please, Mookie. Yeah, I mean, they, they took a risk, but I know a lot of fans aren't going to like this, but it was a risk that was worth taking. It was unfortunate what had happened with all this, but at the end of the day, they made the right decision. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. They did right. what every single fan has been yelling at them to do for years. Um, I don't think there was anyone who thought this trade was bad unless you were – a big Verdugo supporter like even me uh, I a lot of those yeah and even me I was like it's the thing is as I have learned how to kind of separate my emotions from what's reasonable and what's not so it's like I'm bummed and there's the part of me that's sad because I enjoyed Verdugo as a player but like the baseball side of me is totally like I 100% understand why they did this. I know why they did it. They had to do it after losing uh, in the first round of the postseason, and the fan base is constantly on them. I mean, they lost out on Rendon. They lost out on Cole. So they had a lot of pressure on them. I don't blame them. It's just 
really awful timing when you think about it. Um, yeah. it's I don't like, consider them losing out on Rendon, though. Yeah, I guess we really didn't even have a shot. Um, and to be honest, I'm glad that didn't work out. I don't out. know. He, he was a, a weird cat. Yeah, that, yeah. Whatever he said was, it didn't sit right with me. Like, I don't know what you mean. Oh, um, the Hollywood. The Hollywood lifestyle, whatever he said. Yeah. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, God, you can live in Pasadena for all we give a fuck. Excuse my language. For all we care. Uh, you don't have to live in Hollywood or Los Angeles, but. Yeah, it was. By a, all means. I mean, I feel like if any regular person said that, you'd be like, okay, I don't care. But it's like, I think. Dodger fans and especially actual like Angelinos are really tired of everyone just saying and I'm not an Angelino so I'm not speaking for, like for them I just feel like I've heard a lot of them talk like I think they're tired of everyone thinking Hollywood is LA like LA that's not what Hollywood is that's a very small 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 part of LA and it was almost like he blew off the rest of the culture and everything else that is LA like LA is so much more than Hollywood Hollywood is not a lifestyle it is a very small I mean it's big when you think about what Hollywood is but people who live in LA don't really even acknowledge Hollywood. It's a tourist thing. No. It's <laughs> so I'm an Angelino. I was raised there. So like, I do get passionate about this when people just talk crap about Los Angeles all the time. And it, it comes from people who don't live there or they come there for the wrong reasons. They say everybody's fake but the only fake people are the ones who come there looking to get something or to be famous or whatever. Real Los Angeles, some of the realest people I've ever met in my life. So dope. I love Los Angeles. That's that's all I have to say, honestly. Yeah, I feel you. I'm Like I said, I'm not an Angelino, and I get fired up over it, and it's because um, – for a very long time, L.A. has felt like home to me, just the comfort of being there versus where I live in Orange County. It's a totally different lifestyle. I prefer that of L.A. Makes me more comfortable. And then over the last few years, I've really cemented some friendships with people who were born and raised there. And it's it's crazy just how different the people are. And I I may not live there. I never have. I wasn't born. None of that. I spend probably 90% of my time there because the Dodgers um but I definitely treat that and defend it like my home because I think the people there and the culture there is so great um that it just bugs me as someone who spends a lot of time there and has love for that city that people are willing to talk down on it so that whole Hollywood lifestyle thing uh it did bug me I do have the shirt that RotoWare made. They sent that to me, so shout out to them. I do love that shirt because I think it's funny. Um, I love that the fan base has basically taken it and kind of just turned it into this whole thing. Like, instead of just getting mad at him, people got upset with him, as they should, but instead of the fan base, like, holding on to it, they've turned it into this whole thing, and I kind of love it. Um, so and I don't want people to think that I'm just coming at Arenado. I mean, not Arenado, but Rendon just for saying that because he blew the Dodgers off. I do this with regular people on a daily basis. <laughs> I, I do not like when you come at my people like that because we are not like that. I, I'm just going to stop before I, it gets too crazy in here. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, I've always said the people who don't like LA, it's a, you either love it or hate it. The people who don't like it, they can't usually handle the type of lifestyle it is. It's also much more accepting, and it's just, it's a different world out there. I love it. Um, I would love to live there one day. I just think it's a great place. So, sucks for Anthony Rendon. You know what? I don't care. Good for him. Hope he's happy. He's playing for a team that won't get him very far, probably ever in his career. So, who knows? They might get better. We'll see. Or maybe we won't. That'd but be okay. With um, Otani, they need to get some pitching, but I don't, I don't know what Artie Moreno was doing botching that trade with uh, Stripling. That, but also they really honestly should have signed um, Hinjin Ryu. Mm-hmm. That or Bumgarner. I didn't understand that at all. That too, yeah. Although Bumgarner probably wanted to hit, so that was probably never going to happen. But 
Um, yeah, I don't know what happened there. They they have the offense. They just that pitching is atrocious. So I hope he enjoys his time there. Um, I'm very happy with our third baseman Justin Turner and. You know what? If we got him, we probably wouldn't have gotten Mookie Betts. And I definitely like Mookie Betts a lot more than Anthony Rendon. So I'm okay with it. Everything worked out in the end. Only if we get to see Mookie Betts play yeah. actual baseball for yeah. the Dodgers. Yeah. I'd like to think that no matter what happens, he will at least give us a year. Um, and I'm feeling pretty confident on my thought process of players – not wanting to take large contracts going into the 2021 season because the money will not be as good as it usually is. So um, I, I don't want to sound like an asshole and say, I hope Mookie doesn't get that money. And so he just takes one year. I mean, I hope he gets like 40 million for that one year. He deserves to get his money. Um, I just, I, I, I hope it works out in our advantage for once, for once it'd be great for things to work out for us for once. Pretty please. Yeah. So, but you know what? That's it for this week. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't know what I was going to say, but I was thinking like, I, we got so into it all of a sudden I was thinking it was baseball season. I was going to say like, see yeah. you guys tomorrow. Some, I like totally went back to my vlog days. That was bad. But anyways, thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure to check us out on social media. We are at Dodger Yard uh, on Facebook. It is Dodger Yard 2019. And you can also find us on YouTube. We are currently doing a series that is scorekeeping with the LA Dodger Dog. Teaches you how to scorekeep. So check that out. Don't forget to review and rate the podcast and hit that subscribe button. And as always, we appreciate you guys and... We hope you have a great night or day whenever you listen to this and have a great rest of your week and we'll catch y'all later. See you next week.